Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. So we're going to get into the Word of God today. Really excited about today. We've been, we've been walking with Jesus. We've heard His teaching, His parables. We've seen Him move in power. We've seen Him move in anointing. We've seen Him choose His team. And we're coming today about a storm. And I titled today's message, Living Through the Storms of Life. You know, I grew up in, uh, in, in Illinois, in central Illinois. Then at the age of five, I moved down to southern Illinois with my family. But uh, we lived in a town um, up little northern um, Illinois, right outside of St. Louis on the Illinois side, uh, at a town that's called New Baden. And actually, I lived there for five years of my life, but it used to be called Baden. And the reason why it was called New Baden is because a tornado wiped it out. They rebuilt the town and called it New Baden. I don't know what's going to happen if it wipes out again. They'll call it New New Baden. I don't know. But that's just, that's the town that I lived in. And one of my earliest memories of life was a storm, actually. I remember one evening we had, uh, we had finished dinner and hanging out as a family. We were going to bed, and all of a sudden I remember a thunderstorm. But then something shifted. And all of a sudden, I heard the windows start to rattle, and they all the windows began to whistle. It was like they were singing, like, Zzz. I don't know what it was. And all of a sudden, my parents started running around, getting people into basements. And, and I was like, man, this is fun. What's going on? This is great. They were freaking out because it was a tornado. And we could hear it. And I remember the house was shaking and rumbling. We get to the basement, and then it passes. You think, this is great. And so I was hanging out in the other room, and I could hear, I remember this, this, this memory, I could hear my mom and dad talking quietly in the kitchen. And I thought, I wonder what's going on. Well, I'm little, I, 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 don't, I don't know. But I noticed after I walked in that my dad had all of his, he used to work for the railroad, and he had all of his Carhartts on and his jacket, and he had, he had a, a, a headlamp, and he was walking outside. And so I thought, well, where's he going? So I climb up on the, on the counter, as any good four-year-old would do, and I look out the kitchen window, and I see my dad, and I have this memory in my head of him walking across our, our yard, and we had a neighbor down the hill that was um, that, that beautiful brick home. And I remember him walking. I thought, where's he going? And I remember there was a flash of lightning, and I could see where the neighbor's house used to be was no longer there. And my dad was walking down there. And he was gone for most of the night, but praise God, all of them had made it to the basement. But I'll never remember, I'll never forget that the swing set that I played on at their house was in the backyard, was now in the front yard, and next to it was their couch. It was this, it was this image in my mind that was just, it just, it burned in there. And I, I, have, a, I have a strange kind of fascination with storms. There's something about storms that I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to. I, I like them, I, I, and, and I, I want to experience it. Even yesterday, as the storm moved through, I kind of stood out on our deck as the, as the sky turned green and the, and the clouds were moving, and my wife's like, get inside, what are you doing? And I just, I just like it and, until I can't stand out there anymore. But I think the reason why I like it is this. In the middle of this, I, I, in the middle of storms, it's much like the ocean, that you feel actually very insignificant. You have this feeling of, I'm not in control here. 
You have this feeling like this thing is huge and it's loaded with power and the sky is green and the clouds are moving and you know a storm is coming. It's in those moments that I have this feeling of I am really, 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 really small. But as a believer, when I feel small, there's a feeling in me that it helps me realize how big my God actually is because he created it all. And sometimes for you to really understand the significance and the power of your God, sometimes we need to feel small. We need to recognize kind of who we are. But in the feeling of small, we know that we are God that created the heavens and the earth and he, and he, and he measures the universe by the span of his hand and, and what he speaks comes into existence. That There's parts of the universe that are still expanding. There are, there are planets that are, that are so large we can't even measure them. That is our God. And that God who created all of that, creates the storms, created the ocean, created all the massiveness of the universe, calls us by name and says, you are my my child. And that's the beauty and the power of storms. And so I want us to look at today at a storm. But many times these storms aren't just about the weather, they're about storms of our, of our own lives. Because storms in our lives, and I, I, could, I could honestly say there are storms in your life today that have nothing to do with the weather, but have a lot to do with some circumstances maybe you're going through. And there are things that we're all facing, and these storms of life, they can bring a tremendous amount of fear and anxiety. We call them trials, but you could say trials or storm. Either way, it's what puts pressure on you and causes you to wonder, I don't know what's going to happen. Storms in our lives where it feels like everything's spinning out of control, many times from my life has brought me to my knees. But it's in those moments of vulnerability that we fully embrace the reality that we are just human, that we are not God. And for all of us, storms come into realizations. and, and, And here's the realization about every storm. When you're in the middle of it and it gets really bad, which all of us have been there, whether it's financial, relational, spiritual, whatever it is, we realize this, I can't control it. I can't control it. I can't control this storm. I can't stop the opposition that I'm facing in my life. I can't come up with the money. I can't force my spouse to stay. I can't stop the lies or the gossip that are being told about me. I can't change the diagnosis that the doctor has just given me. I just can't. It is then when we come to the reality that we are human, that we find the answer on how to get through the storm. And so for us today, this is what I believe God wants to speak to us about. I think God wants us to know this, that so many times we think that God is far off. We think that our storms are always about him testing us. Well, God's given us another test. Listen, I did not walk. You, you, ever, you ever walk into, into school the one day and the, and, the, and the teacher says, pop quiz today. And you were like, thank you. I'm so grateful. 
We think God's like, he's, he's out to give us pop quizzes all the time. And, he's in, and when we think, well, God's testing me, even the imagery of our mind is this God is, he's in the heavens up there sitting at his desk with our scorecard watching us, grading us. Ah, they didn't do good. Oh, nope. They, listen, that is not how, what Scripture teaches about God. Matter of fact, God was so passionate about us being with him that it says that he sent his son Jesus to the earth and he was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we need to know today before the premise of, of every, anything we're going to talk about is that your storms that you face in life is not about God testing us, though God uses it to reveal what's going on in our own lives because he doesn't need to test us because he already knows how we're going to score because he's God. He knows everything. And so when God begins to put pressure on your life, we need to understand this first understanding of, is this, is that God is with us. You are never alone. He will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what you're going through today. And I want us to understand that. But this is what I believe today's message is about. It's about no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, whether you're in the middle of a storm today or, I promise you this, you will face a storm. Because storms are a part of life, that you are not alone, that Jesus is with you. So in our text today, before we get into this, Jesus and his disciples, they were planning on crossing the Sea of Galilee. And you can actually come with us in November in 2020. If you're interested in that, you can email the church. We'll get you information. And we'll be on the Sea of Galilee. We'll see the area where Jesus ministered. And we'll, we'll go around the towns and we'll be out on the sea but this sea, it's actually one of the lowest seas in, in the world. It's six, it sits 600 feet below sea level. And it's about 14 miles long and about 7 miles wide. And actually from, from an aerial shot, it looks like a harp. It's just very interesting. It's an amazing, amazing body of water. But on any given night, it should have taken the disciples who were experienced with, with sailing the Sea of Galilee about around 2 to 3 hours to get from one side to another. But this little fishing ship got out on this sea and it began to get tossed and it began to get thrown around. But it was in the presence of Jesus and the presence of Jesus that brought them security in the middle of their storm. And so my hope and prayer for you today is that by the end of this you will feel closer to God. You will understand that God is with me. And even though you don't understand the storm, you are not alone. So let's read Mark chapter 4. Jesus sets out on the sea. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So I want you to take note, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. The boat started to fill up with water is what happened. So that it was nearly swamped. They were bailing water. They were trying to get, get, get it clear. Jesus was in the stern. He was just chilling on a cushion, sleeping. So that it doesn't say he was relaxing. It doesn't say that he was contemplating the storm. It says he was out. You could hear him. <laughs> he was sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up 
And he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So I want us to discover some things today about the truths about Jesus in the storm. The first one is this, is number one, our storms are used to reveal our Savior. Our storms are revealed, are used to reveal our Savior. Jesus was tired. He'd been ministering. He'd been preaching. He'd been praying for people. He'd been pouring out of his spirit, of his heart, of his, of his emotions, and all of that takes a toll on you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and Jesus was exhausted. And so as soon as he gets in the boat, he says, hey, fellas, I'm going to lay down. Hey, Peter, toss me that cushion, and, uh, and, and do, you, do you, have, what, you have a blanket I can, I can chill out with? So he lays down, he covers up, and he goes to sleep. He takes a nap. And so, so here they are, they're rowing on, on the, shh, Jesus is sleeping. They're rowing, they're just, they're chilling out. Hey, P- Peter, shut up, he's sleeping. And all of a sudden it goes from that to, somebody wake up Jesus. Because we're going to die. This is what they were feeling. The waves, the wind, and these seasoned fishermen are thinking, well, boys, this is it. We're going to die. And so, listen, when you have seasoned people, fishermen out on the, uh, out on the sea who, uh, who, who are freaking out, there's usually an issue. Listen, if, if a newbie is freaking out out on the ocean because they've never been there, don't, no need to worry. But, it, but if you see the experienced guy freaking out, it's time to freak out. It's kind of like, you know, being on a plane. <laughs> You've been on a plane and somebody's a little, a little afraid of flying, so every bit of turbulence, they're like, ah, woo, ah, ah. They're grabbing things. Listen, that's one thing. You're like, oh, it's just them. But when you hear the captain go, ah, you should probably freak out. <laughs> and these guys were seasoned, and they're freaking out. And so they, they wake up Jesus. And, and so, listen, I, I, they're freaking. They think they're going to die. They've never seen a storm like this. You might be facing a storm you've never walked through before, and you think you're going to die. You're not going to make it. But I want you to catch this today. As we just read the passage, let me ask you the question, whose idea was it to go to the other side? It was Jesus. It was his idea. Listen, Jesus could have said, hey, boys, because Jesus is all-knowing. He knows all things. He could have said this, hey, listen, let's hang out here on the shore for a little bit. Let's grub hub in some falafels and hummus, and we'll just chill out here because there's a storm coming, and we're going to hang out underneath the trees. And then once it passes, and they could have been eating their falafels and be like, Jesus, look, you saved us from the storm. But he didn't. He said, boys. Let's go to the other side. And this is a crucial point that you need to understand. That it was Jesus that led them into the storm. It actually wasn't an accident. Jesus didn't think, oh shoot, how did, oh man, we got in the middle of this storm. He wasn't, this didn't catch him by surprise. Because Jesus had a purpose for the storm. So for us in our lives, we should never be surprised 
through our storms because God has a plan for you in the middle of your storm. The truth is there are God-ordained moments where God is working in your everyday circumstances and life. And one of the reasons that he does that that he allows you to walk through it, is to reveal to you who he really is in your life. Listen, I, 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 again, I think one of the greatest detriments to the church in the, in the 19th and 20th and 21st century was, this, was the teaching, the theology of prosperity gospel. That if you just follow Jesus, everything's going to be all right. And you just walk around, I got to fill in. Everything's going to be all right. You just skip around and you do a little kick, you do a little hallelujah. Oh, I got a feeling. It's not going to happen. Storms are going to come. And what happens is people think, no, uh, but, but, but the preacher said that, that if I'll just obey God, I won't have any problems in my life. Actually, the New Testament talks about those who preach what, what, our, what our itching ears want to hear, to beware of them. Listen, you can, you can draw a crowd to tell them everything's going to be all right. You can do that. But you make disciples when you preach the Word of God. There's a difference. And that's what we're trying to do here at Faith. That's what our desire, that's my heart's desire, that you would be equipped to face any storm, any struggle. No matter what you go through, you're going to be equipped by the Word of God to endure it. That's, that's my heart for you. But here, the disciples are going through a lot. We shouldn't be surprised when we go through storms. There are ordained moments of God for you so that you can understand who he really is. Trials and tribulations, difficulties, and desperate, and desperate moments is when God does his greatest work in our lives. When we come to the end of ourselves, when we try after we bail water, after we try everything else, and we finally say, somebody wake up Jesus. And it's at that moment that we come to the true realization that we need a Savior and we need a rescuer. It's actually the greatest moment that if you can keep your heart in that, in that, in that posture that, Jesus, I need a Savior and a rescuer every single day of my life. That you would embrace the reality that you are just human. You're actually not God. You actually can't control your circumstances. You can't control the storms. You can't make everything always work out. But as you lean into that, as you embrace your humanity, you say, God, I'm going to stop trying to be God and be human, and I'm going to lean in you and let you be God in my life. This is the power and the reality of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the crazy thing about storms. Once we weather one storm and we allow Jesus to work in us, then through that storm, we are equipped to face another trial, any trouble, any disaster, because we have experienced our Savior. Because it's, it's called he, he matures us and He grows us. And so a lot of Christians can make the mistake that 
that because they have the Lord in their life, that they are immune to trouble, immune to tribulation. The matter of fact is this. The Bible is very clear that you will face trials and tribulation. The Bible is very clear. Jesus said, just as the world hated me, they will hate you as well. Just as they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. That is what the Scripture says. So then, what do we do? Because even though, remember, Jesus was in the boat, and they still had a storm. He was right there with them. And even if Jesus is in your life, you will still encounter storms. And I share this with you today because I love you. I love you enough to preach the truth of what the Bible teaches us. I know that there are physical storms, there are financial storms. There are storms that we create by our own bad decisions. There are relational storms that they can strike you suddenly with no warning. But just because you find yourself in a storm, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that God is punishing you. Jesus led these disciples into the storm to teach them to trust him and reveal to them, listen, don't you worry because I am with you. Don't you worry. And that's what God does through the storm. The second truth about Jesus in our storms is number two. Storms are used to reveal to us our own character. Storms are used to reveal to us our own character. Because without storms, without pressure, your character actually can't be tested. Without, without the pressures of life, without the pressures of, of pain, our character, our integrity cannot be tested. That's what the whole word of integrity means. Integrity means can it withstand pressure? Can it hold its integrity? And when the disciples woke up Jesus, he immediately asked them two, two questions. He wakes up, this is what he says, why are you so afraid? And do you still have no faith? Where, the, where do these questions come from? We well, need to remember the passage before Previous chapter, Jesus is teaching them parables about faith, about receiving his word into their hearts and allowing it to bring forth fruit into their lives. Remember that we talked about the power or the parable of the sea, the parable of the soil. In other words, if we're walking with Jesus, if we're hearing and receiving the word of God and it's going in us, it is rooting down, it's beginning to grow, there should be maturity in that growing. We should be producing the fruit from the, from the substance of the seed, which is the word of God. In other words, we should grow in how we handle storms. How we handle conflict. We should approach them with, a, with, with a, something a little different than someone that doesn't have the Word of God in their life. It, it equips us and allows us to deal with disappointment because we have allowed the Word of God to grow in us and it's, and it's become now a part of us and it's producing fruit. That's why Jesus asked them this question, why are you so afraid and do you still have no faith? In other words, 
Has, has what I've been teaching not landed in your heart? Have you not allowed what I've been saying to get in you and to grow and to become a part of you? Because the reality is this, the storms or situations or pressures, the reality that Christians in our journey, we still get angry. You ever known a Christian to get angry? You're like, I'm not going to say if I have or not. Have you ever known a Christian to have a bad attitude? No matter what, no matter what the circumstances, the, a waitress didn't act or a waiter didn't act the way they wanted to. If I, fine, I'll just get out. I'll get my business. Somebody else. I can't believe. Don't you know who I am? I, listen, I'll come here every Thursday and Friday night at 7 o'clock. You day, fine, I'll just leave here. Have you ever seen a Christian do that? Don't point at them. Have you ever seen someone do that? All of a sudden, the fruit of their life is like yucky. Pressure comes in, something doesn't happen the way they want it to happen. And their face gets all screwed up. You think, man, if looks could kill, somebody would be dead right now. And so what happens is we as Christians, when we don't allow the word of God, when we don't allow it to get in us, to grow, to become fruitful in our lives, when we don't demonstrate the fruit of the spirit, but instead when pressure gets on us, we demonstrate the acts of the flesh, which is anger, bitterness, rage, gossip, bad attitude. But instead, when the word of God germinates, becomes a part of us, when pressure presses in, guess what fruit pops out? It's called the fruit of the spirit. And the reality is sometimes we as Christians, we can, we can blame others for our own bad attitude. You ever been in a, in, in, for you couples, you ever been in a, in a fight and say, well, I'm acting this way because you acted that way. Well, I'm doing this because you did that. We start blaming everyone. And what that's called is a deflection of personal responsibility. What that reveals to us, remember the storms of life reveal our own character. And I just want to share this with you today. Storms, please hear me. Storms, pressure, someone else do not cause bad attitudes in our lives. They reveal the bad attitude that is already in your heart. That's what happens. So God uses these storms to reveal to us what's really on the inside. So your boss, your husband, your wife, your kids, your family members, your pastor did not make you act immature. The storms of life and the reality of relationships revealed the immaturity in you. This is how God uses storms. And maturity says this. Maturity says this. I will not allow the behavior and the actions of someone else to change my behavior and my actions. 
I respond in a certain way, not because of who someone else is. I respond in a certain way because of who I am in Jesus Christ and what I've allowed in my life to germinate and to produce fruit. This is really a message of discipleship, what it means to be a disciple. And God uses storms to test us, to see, not to see where we are, actually, because he already knows. He doesn't test you for his sake because he's God. He knows where you are. He knows what's in your heart. But he does it for our sake because he loves us. He's a loving father, and and he doesn't want us to stay where we are. Because he wants you to fulfill your purpose. He wants you to walk out the call of God on your life. And it's, and it's this, our character and our faith, it will either propel you forward or it will hold you back. It's one of the two. And because he does love you, he uses the storms of life for us to help identify what's going on inside of us that can hinder us from achieving and becoming everything that we actually want to be because he loves us and he wants us to be fruitful in life. You guys with me today? This is a difficult pill to swallow. It's tough. Because you don't hear always messages like this. But it's the reality that this, that God is more concerned about our character than he is about our comfort. He's more concerned about our character than he is about these opportunities we want for ourselves. So many times in our, in our Christian culture, and we, we elevate a gift a lot. We know, wow, they have a gift. They have a gift for this, and they have a gift of leadership. And, man, they can sing, and they can preach, or they can administrate. Or, man, they're really good. And so we talk about the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift. But we don't talk a whole lot about the character. And here's the reality is that your gifting can take you to a place that your character cannot keep you. Your gifting can take you to a place that your character cannot sustain you to remain there. We see it all the time, don't we? We think, man, well, that person, they were amazing. And, man, their stage presence, and, boy, they could sing and they could preach. Or, man, I didn't, I, they were one of our leaders in the church. And all of a sudden, these things, these giftings we just talked about, but we realized there was a character issue. And God used a storm in their life to bring, hopefully, some victory. God used some pressure in their life to reveal what was actually already there so that he can use them for his glory and for their benefit in the future. And God uses storms to refine us. God uses storms to reveal our character. He he gives us opportunity in these storms to repent, to realign our lives, and to keep moving forward so that we can invest into what will be rewarded eternally. There are a lot of things we can do today, but the reality is this. There are, there are very few things that if we do them, that will give us a reward into eternity. We're so busy about doing all these things that give us a reward on earth. Listen, it's time we begin to invest into things that will give us a reward in eternity. For our faith will be rewarded by God in eternity. 
if we are allowing God to mature us and, and to call us to a higher standard, to a higher place, you will, if you will allow him to do that in you, you will begin to invest into eternity. And that in which you invest into eternity can never be taken from you ever. So these storms or trials are the place that we begin to see who we really are. 1 Peter 1.7 says this, these trials, this is Peter talking, will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. It's far more precious than success. It's far more precious than some position of prestige or some power that you're, or some position you're wanting. It's about our faith. And God uses storms to reveal our own character. Number three, what do the truths about the storms and Jesus and the storms of our life? Number three is this, that storms bring us closer to Jesus. Some of the disciples, they were fishermen. They knew the Sea of Galilee. They had seen every kind of storm. They'd, they'd gotten through it, but not this one. This one was different. And I'm sure they did everything they knew. They had a plan. They'd always done it. They'd done it this way, done it this way, done it this way. And all of a sudden, it didn't work. And they called out to Jesus, and they got close to Jesus. And this happens to us all the time. I know it happens in my life all the time. We manage life because we're responsible um, adults and people. And when the storms come, we try, to, we, we try to figure it out. We try this, we try that. We go through a tough spot with our kids, and we try what we normally do, and all of a sudden it's not working. When our finances are tight and we try the normal things to fix it, it's not working. And whatever we do, when we're doing our thing, we're trying to figure it out, but all of a sudden, it's not working. And when all else has failed, we think, you know what? We better wake up, Jesus. And we get close to him. And he uses these storms to bring us close to him. For us to, to know he's with us. For us, for us to know, listen, son, listen, daughter, you're not walking this alone. You're not dealing with this all alone. Listen, this doesn't mean you're bad because we try to do all these things. It doesn't mean you're evil because you're just trying to be responsible, use godly wisdom. But sometimes God uses storms that it doesn't matter what you do, how you do it. It doesn't work. And then we take a step towards Jesus and we, we call on him and we draw closer to him. If you, if, it, listen, just because you have doubts, just because you're trying to figure things out and it's not working, it doesn't mean you're not godly. It means you're, you you're a human just like the disciples were, are and were. And, and even in the middle of our pressures and our storms, we have these questions and we question God's heart, we question God's motive, and God's, we question God's will, and we call on God and this way we thank God, don't you care? And it's even in those questions that God begins to reveal doubt, lack of faith, lack of trust. And when the disciples woke up, when the disciples woke up Jesus, this is what they asked him. Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? And Jesus woke up and he was like, no. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> they weren't afraid of the storm. They were afraid of dying. They were afraid of not making it through. And sometimes we're in a storm and our minds rush to the worst case scenario. 
And they think, no, that the ship's going to sink. We're going down. Hey, hey, Peter, if you survive, tell my wife I love her. And, you know, hey, listen, no, hey, you, you can have, you can have my, my, my chair that I made. It's really nice if you survive. Yeah, whatever. Like, they're like, they're, this is it. Have you ever thought that? Or said that when you're going through the storm? God, don't you care? Listen, this is what you need to know. And even in the midst of your doubt, again, this isn't to condemn you. This isn't to, 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 the reality is this. All of us have thought that through our deepest moments of storms. We felt the pressure. We felt the doubt. Let, let, let's not live in this lie where we think, well, I never have any doubts. No, no, we do. Because why? Because we're human. And you need to know today that God does care. You need to know that when you're facing something, you think, man, I, I, I don't know, God, maybe you've abandoned, maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't care about my marriage, God. Maybe you don't care about my kids. Maybe you don't care about my church family. Maybe you don't care about this situation. Maybe you don't care. The reality is this, God does care for you. And that's what you need to know. That the storms of life do not determine God's care level for you in your life. But somehow we, we confuse those. The Bible says this, that, that, that we're going to face storms, we're going to have anxieties in life, but because of what Jesus is doing in us and through us in the storm, he gives us the opportunity to exercise our faith and obey 1 Peter 5, 7, which says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Everybody say, he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. And he allows storms sometimes or uses them to bring us close to him. God uses the storms of our lives, our circumstances, other people, difficulties to show us we need him and we're desperate for him and we need to get closer to him. Listen to what Paul says out of 1 Corinthians. He says this, we were under great pressure. You could say this, we were in the middle of a significant storm. Far beyond our ability to endure it. So, so many people think, listen, God, they feel condemned. I can't endure this. I can't take the pain. I can't walk through this. Uh, God, I, I, I can't do it. And they condemn ourselves. We condemn ourselves for somehow not being God. Well, Paul himself says, sometimes you're going to face storms and pain and struggle that is beyond your ability to endure it. Why? Newsflash, you're a human. Stop condemning yourself for being human. And allow that moment to turn your face to Jesus and say, I'm so glad you're here. We're under great pressure. We can't endure it. So that we despaired even of life. We thought we were going to die. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened. Everybody say this happened. This happened. this happened. That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. This is the truth of God's word. The storms of life are real. They're inevitable. This next truth it's so important because I want you to hear it. Because so many times we confuse. If God doesn't take the storm away, he must not care. That's not true. 
Because point four says this, Jesus can calm the storm. He has the power to, or he may choose. You're going to have to just trust him. He may choose to just calm you. This is the truth. I love the fact that Jesus was sleeping. This teaches us, one, he was human. But it also shows us that he possessed such a sense of peace that he can sleep through the storm. Listen, he was getting wet. These boats aren't huge. Like water splashing on his face. He's, He's still out. He's asleep. And there were two storms going on that night. You had the weather, but then... You had the emotional storm. It was raging on the inside of these disciples. They were filled with fear. And the reality is this too. Fear is more destructive than any storm or hurricane we could ever face. That's why Jesus woke up. He said, why are you afraid? And then he spoke to the wind and the waves. He said, quiet, be still. And these are the words of a mother that is holding a child that is, that is that's struggling and, and is fearful. And she's quieting. Shh. And he says it to the wind and the waves. And it says, the Bible says it was completely calm. The the, the lake went flat. And in this case that we read, Jesus took the storm away. But sometimes, my friends, he doesn't remove the storm. Instead, he speaks to our troubled hearts. And he says, shh. I've got you. I love you. But God, I'm facing this opposition, and I'm facing these lies, and I'm facing, facing this financial thing, and I'm facing this my marriage thing. God, I don't know what to do. And he says, shh. I've got you. And when we trust in him, regardless of the circumstances, we receive a calm that the Bible says it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, Paul had a, his own storm and his own flesh. And this is what Paul said about the storm in his life. He said in 2 Corinthians, he said that it was given to him in order to keep me from becoming conceited. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, in your humanness. Therefore, Paul said this, I will boast all the more gladly about my humanness, my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Some of you have been asking God to take the storm of your life away for a long time. And we've been praying and agreeing with you, but it hasn't happened yet. But this is what I do know. He offers to you an inner calm in the midst of your storm. And he speaks to you today and says, trust me, And the last point is this, no matter the circumstances, no matter what they are, with Jesus, everybody say, with Jesus, Jesus. you will make it through. You will make it through, my friends. 
In the midst of the storms, the disciples had forgotten what, the, what Jesus had said before they got into the water. Jesus said, hey, let's get in the boat and let us go to the other side. Let me, just let me share something with you. The purpose, the reason Jesus said that, it set something into motion. There was no power in heaven and hell or on earth that would stop them from going to the other side because Jesus said, we're going there. And we begin to, to see this. They had forgotten about it. And the strongest hurricane in history couldn't have stopped them. And Jesus has promised his followers that we'll make it through every storm. It may not turn out the way you want. It may not, may not end. It may not go away. It may not be the conclusion that, that, we, that we want. But God never promised that we'd live a storm-proof life. He just promised to be with us in the midst of every storm, that you are never alone. He will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. I want you to hear these words out of Isaiah today. That I love the way Eugene Peterson has written them, which is a, a paraphrase out of the message. But I want you to listen to whatever it is you're going through today, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're having to trust maybe in a new way you've never had to trust before. You're having to, to, to maybe shift some things in your life and some focuses and just draw near to Jesus. Get closer to Jesus. Trust Jesus in the midst of your storm and know that no matter what, you're going to get through it. And I want you to listen to these words as they're from God to you. And Please listen. God says this to you when you're in over your head. I'll be there with you. When you're, in a, when you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God. I'm your personal God. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. So don't be afraid. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.